Hello everyone, this is your host, Jamie Buckley, and this is Life of Fiction, Episode 9. And today we're doing the follow-up, part two of the conversation that I had with my oldest son, Evan. So we discussed his favorite fictional fantasy series, the Wheel of Time. And I would like to remind you that uh, if you've listened to the first episode, we, we did this interview outside with lapel mics, and so we had a bit of a challenge with the sound of traffic and the low volume. And so I will make the adjustments as best that I can, but I think you'll enjoy this conversation. Let's get right into it. It's funny how I had that list of these, these four questions that I wanted to go over. I'd still like to go over these if you're game. No, I'd 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 like to. So I, mean, I already covered some of it, but well, but I mean, I like in uh, also in detail of your actual views. So the first one, you know, we've talked mostly, I think, about the character journeys, and also the well, it looks like we've done a lot of three of them: the character journeys, the epic narrative, and the influential themes. Well, so there's one thing I have to point out on character journey real quick before we move on to the next question. Okay. And that's that Rand almost gives up several times. Okay. At one point, he goes to bury himself. He goes, I've, I've, I'm giving up. I'm not going to tell anyone that I'm giving up. Is he alone at this time when he's... Um, ish. I mean, he's alone because he's decided I'm going to harden myself against and not feel anything. So he decides that the only way for him to do his job is to not feel anything for all those that are going to die on his behalf. Okay. So he turns himself just horribly calloused. And that brings him to the edge where he's going to kill himself. So one day he decides to open up a gateway, put himself on the top of Dragon Mount, the largest, dra- the largest mountain on the continent. Okay. And it's a single, you know, it's the lonely mountain, right? It's okay. the, right there in the middle. Okay. And he decides he's going to sit on the slopes of it. He's going to watch the sunrise. Then he is going to harness all the power he can muster and bury the mountain on top of himself. Okay. And he's sitting up there and he watches as the sunrise. His whole thing is like, what's the point? We die, we're reborn. We fight, we die, we're reborn. What's the point? Why not let the dark one win and end this cycle of suffering that we go through, this mortal suffering? And... Again, without going into too much detail, the sun starts to rise, and it just hits him. He looks at his wives. One of them's pregnant. And he finds out right there. He can feel it. And he's pulled into this vision of children playing. And all. And he's looking around at his family and the joy, the, the laughter, the smiles. And this peace settles on him. And he goes, wait. I, I, can, I can tell you, before you say that, so I haven't read this. So these are all spoilers for me as well. But it's these conversations that have encouraged me to buy the books and to buy the, the audio books and all that. But just that description right there, if I was staying, I've spent time alone wondering what are points to certain aspects of my life and my life. And then I thought of you as a little boy and I thought of you know my nine daughters and thought of your mom and what hit me at really low points was, this isn't about me. So for him, it's not even that it's not about him. 
It's that the fight means something because happiness means something. Joy means something. The time that you spend with those that you love means something. Oh, I love that. And, and, and yeah, you're going ha- to have to fight every time. And he knows, I'm going to die, I'm going to get reborn, I'm going to fight again. The fight becomes worth it when the reward is the time you get with those that you love. Yes. And it hits him just like all of a sudden he goes, wait. And he allows himself to feel the pain and of loss of everyone that he's kept. So he keeps a chart throughout the series. Every single person that's died for them that he recants their name. Ran does? Okay. And every time he starts to go through hardship, he starts at the top. This name and this name and this name and this wow. name. And he goes down the list. He goes, every single one of them, I can't forget their names. And it gets to the point that there's thousands of names he can't. And it, it, it eats him up. And... But it sounds like he was focused on, on the wrong aspect right. of that. Um, and he kept going, there. you know, you're all dying for me. And at one point, somebody... Not, not really a vital character, looks at me and goes, you? Well, who the hell are you? <laughs> this oh. is about us. This is about our families. This is about people. This is about our relationships. This is about ensuring a future for the world. Screw wow. you. <laughs> you know? And he was like, right, okay. <laughs> and there's a point in the series where one of the, the first person on that list comes back finds out they weren't dead. They were kind of banished into a realm, different realm, okay. where they were being tortured and bad things were happening, but okay. they were right there at the very end. He's sitting in a council trying to figure out how to, how to the strategic part of the last battle. Okay. And she walks in. And everyone's like, who is this person coming in? And he runs to her and he falls to his knees, knees and just starts crying and says, will you forgive me? Wow. Will you forgive me? For losing you, for making the choices that put you in the position where you had to die to save me. Huh. And she reaches down and she cups his face and she goes, there's nothing to forgive. Let's do our duty. Stand up. Stand up. And, and, and I, and I love, I love that. You know, in the first book, they're running and... They're all scared and, and, and panicky about what's going on. And she, at one point, starts to scold all three of those boys. Aren't you the blood of Manetherin? And I don't have any and, idea and, who this person and is. And none of them, Moraine. Okay. The Aes Sedai. Okay. She's there. She's like, what is all this complaining? Aren't you the blood of Manetherin? And they're like, what's Manetherin? She goes, where your two rivers came from? They're like, we don't know. She goes, well, let me tell you. The red banner of Manetherin was the thorn in the Dark One's side in the last fight. Everywhere they were, their valiant ability to fight overcame the Dark One, and he could not stop them. So he figured, if I can't stop you, I'm going to make you hurt. And he dispatched an army to go kill their wives and children. They marched day and night and day and night. He goes... People could hear their trumpets from miles away. They never stopped going till they got home. They got there. He goes, 
and it was on the banks of this river, the, res- the river that Moraine and them are crossing right now. Okay. She goes, on the banks of this river, they got to the other side, met their families, all the women and children, and they looked at the women and children and said, flee, flee, we will hold them at this river and buy you enough time. And the men stood there as the raging armies of the dark one came across the river the women got about a mile and a half away and all the women turned around and gave the children to the elders and all the mothers said go we are going to go back and fight with our husbands because they are not enough to care for all the children sing the songs so all the grandparents ushered all the children away and the women went back with what swords they had, their pots, their pans, from all the camping supplies, you know, that they're fleeing yeah. with and everything. They went back and they destroyed the army and not a single one lived. They bled red on the banks of the river. Wow. And she goes, how can you complain when you are the blood of nobility? How can you complain when you are the blood of those that sacrifice so much? Get up. Oh. Get up now I'll stop you right here and, and take and take a moment to explain out loud why it is important for you to know and I'm talking about real life I'm not talking about fantasy books now I'm not talking about religion I'm not talking I'm just talking about life this is why it is so important for you to know who you are and where you come from and are you doing your name honor or shame it's, it's a, would it's your really grands, would your grandparents and your great grandparents, people that suffered, or people who, whether it's pioneers, whether it's people that survived through the Great Depression, people who came through the, you know, <laughs> fought for our independence, if you're here from the United States or whatever country you're from, that you are here because other people suffered for you, so you could get here. Are you doing your name honor or shame? Right. Do you put your parents to shame by your conduct? I agree with you. You know, I think I think on a on a wide on a wide thing as an American, Star Spangled Banner. I I I I have to watch myself so I don't absolutely lose lose my cool when it when you sing in that the next morning the the flag was still there. The men that died to keep that flag up, not, and I don't just mean the, the soldiers out in the field, I mean the men that literally piled their bodies on that flagpole. So it wouldn't go down. So it would not go down. How can I act so ungrateful for those that sacrificed that for me? Um, so that's where that, not only to the Christian, but the American in me, that hit that spot, right? And I believe the author, being a patriot, there was a call there. Look at those that came before you. They died on the banks of this river so that you could exist. Yeah. How dare you complain? Get up. Move forward. Move forward. And, and, I, and the book just has that everywhere. And, and so... They kind of glossed over that in the series. They, like, those were the things, and they glossed over it in the in the TV series. And those were the things that made that series great. All those moments where there was a call to something greater. 
and and you know what we're as human beings we're we we go through phases of motivation we go through phases where we feel strong or we feel weak and to be able to take the stories of those that came before us and go let this catapult you into action let this move you towards progress towards right. what you know you should be doing and and let it serve its let it serve in that manner because that they died for that and 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 that was an important lesson and that's there in the first book um i can i can really start to see why there's so much love and passion for not just you but so many people that i have talked talking with colby you know or talking with asia how there's just such I want to say reverence so much as as passion and excitement for an understanding for this series. So the thing is, is I think if you're looking for just a good fantasy series, there are better series out there. Really? Not a lot, but there are a few. Okay. The thing about The Wheel of Time for me was that there was so much in there for those that are looking for it that... There's value in it. There's, there's absolute there's, there's value. value from and, every and, story you tell me. Right. And that's exciting. So, so when I think about characters, I think about that, right? And all the development of those characters. Each one dealing with different things. Each one dealing with struggles. You know, the, the main character trying to, to find the struggle between, you know, how do you care for somebody that you love? Do you send them somewhere safe? Do you keep them by your side? You, everything from that to the relationship between Rand and his father. So Rand finds out through the series that... Uh, he has nothing to do with his father. He's not his father's child. Tam, um, Tam, um, Althor is not Rand's birth father. Hmm. In fact, it wasn't his mother. You know, his mother wasn't Tam's wife. Tam found him during the last battle on the slopes, clutched in the arms of his dead mother, and went, I know this is the child of my enemy, but it's a baby. Yeah. It's a baby. Yeah. And this child deserves something. I don't know what. But he looks around the battlefield and goes, but I'm the only one here, so I guess it's my job. So he picks him up and carries him home. There's and that's why he grows right up in the two you. and that's where he grows up in the two rivers and Tim loves him. Because he's like, You're a child. Yeah. You're a baby. You you deserve to be loved. You deserve to be safe. You deserve to be here. And since no one else is here, then I guess it's my job and I'll take that mantle. You know, I think in the, last, in the end of the series, what happens is Rand's body is destroyed. And instead, he wakes up in the body of one of the bad guys that he was fighting at that last. What? There's a whole reason for it, but, but I won't get into it. Oh, okay. So he kind of steps aside. Okay, that's a spoiler. I don't want to, yeah. So he steps aside. So he gets to watch his burial and all the people gathered around his body. Oh, wow. So they have this big, huge funeral and the one to light the funeral pyre is his dad. Oh. And his dad comes over, puts his forehead on him and whispers and, and Rand's the only one that could hear it. He goes, you did good, boy. You did good. I'm proud of you. And then lights it. Hmm. And lights this funeral pyre, and and I love it because because his wives are there, and one of the wise women pulls one of his wives aside. And she goes, "Oh, I know you know he's somewhere else, not here." 
And she's like, what do you mean? She goes, you're not crying your eyes out like everyone else. There's no way he's dead. What happened to his body? And where is he really? Because <laughs> you are not in grief like you ought to be. So I know you're hiding from me. Oh, and, her, and his wife's like, <laughs> But the whole point is at the very end is that he just wanted to be a nobody without the responsibility of being the dragon reborn, the commander of the armies, the king that everyone looked to. All that. He just wanted to work on a farm, grow some things. He goes, travel, bale some hay for in, in return for a night's sleep in the, in the loft of a barn while he's traveling. He goes, I just want peace. Wow. And so that's only granted with a new body because everyone recognizes him as he was. Oh, my. And so he goes, I just wanted to end my days in peace. And the, the king doesn't get peace. Right. And I don't want the power. I just want the peace. Huh. It reminds me of something Mike Tyson said. He said, prison was the best years of my life. What? He said in a podcast, prison, the years in prison were the best years of my life. And they're like, why? And he goes, because I had, I had peace. There was peace in the routine. But when you have money, he goes, I didn't have peace. Wow. Because money didn't give me peace. He goes, and I realized that it didn't matter making millions of dollars and fighting and being this icon of the world didn't matter to me because I wasn't at peace. Without Mm. peace, I don't care about anything else. I have a great, being 54, I have a great value for peace, let me tell you. And and, and it's interesting too because he talks about, you know, he talks about the hardships in life and they're like, what about this and what about this? He goes, well, the biggest hardship was losing his daughter. Yeah. And, And I don't know if you know that story. I don't. She hung herself on the treadmill. Oh my gosh. She was just on, on the treadmill in his house and ended up accidentally hanging herself. And So it wasn't intentional. It was mm-hmm. an accident. Oh gosh. Um, and he goes, and that. He goes, I would give up. He goes, you talk about money. He goes, I'd give up everything. How everything. old was she? She a child? Four, three, four. Oh gosh. Ah. Uh, and, and so they're like, and that <sighs> drove, you know, he's like, what are you... Why would I? I don't care. Boxing, it's stupid. Money, stupid. None of this matters. My baby mattered. Yeah. My baby mattered. Right? Um, and, and, and so that the series hits hard on those. And the thing is, is that people want to talk about the values and what's important and what's not. The thing about having children that is hard to explain to people that don't have children yeah. is the desire to see your children grow and succeed is what made the world what the world is today. I agree. Because no one gets out of bed and goes, I'm going to go work myself to death for myself. Doesn't happen. Yeah. I'm going to work myself to death because I love them more than I love myself. And that's what got us to this point. So that's well, it, it's, it's what drives us. And having children solidified that with me. Uh, having children, I got better at my job. I got better, my career got better, everything. Um, I, I'm more tired. I'm more easily frustrated. I spend more money on beer. <laughs> um, you know, you know th- and there are these moments where you're like, why, why, why? <laughs> uh, for example, you're sitting there, you're like, oh, it's an, I'm going to close down early this evening. I'm going to watch a show. 
I'm gonna just relax. And then you hear the toilet clog up. <laughs> like you hear it clog up across the house. You mean like house. a certain child that threw my $500 suit in? Really, I'm hearing only water. <laughs> and all so, I can remember is, is going and following the trail of water going, oh no, oh no, there's a broken pipe. And then opening that side door and watching you standing on my suit in the toilet with the toilet plunger jumping up and down on it and suds coming up over from all the soap that you dumped, dumped on it and that smile on your face of looked at it and what came out of your mouth. I'm helping. <laughs> yeah, that's... That was the last time I wore a so, suit, by the so, way. <laughs> yeah, so you have, those, you have those moments where you're looking at your kid and you're like, oh. I'm, you know, I, I, I joke, but I have these moments where I'll, I'll, I'll yell to Marilyn, Marilyn, come save your child. Because <laughs> the fuse hasn't gone, you know, it hasn't burnt all the way out yet, but it's burning quick. <laughs> so I'll be like, I'm going to go run an errand. When I get back, I will deal with this. And and as a side note, the reason why is if you are frustrated, you don't want to punish your children. Never. Yeah. Right. And, right. and it's a hard one because you're caught. You're kind of caught in this this odd gray zone because you need to deal with the situation while it's fresh in the child's mind, because that's when it matters. But you can't do it in anger. But if you, you can't ever do, do it when you're anger, anger then it, or, then or, you've or you're lost. irritated or something like that. Right. Because the point of punishment is growth and learning. Correct. So if you punish the child because you're vindictive, you're you're an asshole. You're angry, so you're going to make the child hurt. You're, you're, you've, you've, and I'm going to interject the word discipline rather than punish. Because to me, punish is you committed a crime, now you get punished. But we discipline our children because it's a teaching. Right, right. So the thing is, if the child's not going to learn, if it's not going to be for their betterment, then what the hell are you doing anyway? Exactly. Right? Totally um, agree. Now, because we're human beings, human beings have a tendency, naturally, to exact revenge. You have to curb that right you sometimes do. i feel it going coming up and i'm like i it would be better if i stepped away for a minute to collect myself because yes. i'm an adult and I, I ought to collect myself now i should have enough strength to collect myself in the moment um and where sometimes i can sometimes it's much more difficult that's where having a partner comes in really really handy marilyn come save your son <laughs> marilyn come save your son i remember um, i remember calling to your mom once in a while once in a while going Hun, yes, dear. I think we need to make another. <laughs> you remember me telling that to you boys? It's funny. Asia, like, Asia brought that up the other day. She, she goes, I remember. She says, when any of us, she says, you know what I remember? She says, when any of us would talk back to mom, she goes, I remember when it immediately switched from don't talk to your mom that way to don't, don't talk, talk to, my, to wife. my wife that way. Yep. And yep. I said, that is correct. Nobody, no human being talks to my wife that way because your mother does not deserve that type of treatment or disrespect right. with as classy loving patient and feminine that she is yeah right well to, to try to get back on point um, world building impact was the next question yeah um, so the so there are two there are two schools of people here or two groups of people um, there's a lot of people that skip the majority of the series. The reason they skip the majority of wait, 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 stop. How could they, with a series this detailed, how can you skip things in the series? 
Well, give me an example of what they're skipping because okay. that doesn't make sense to me. There's one of there's an event that happens at the end of a book. Okay. The event is the event is so important that the next book takes place at the same time and ends at the same time. Oh wow! Okay. He needs an entire book to explain what everybody else was doing when that event happened. Good grief! So if you okay. only care about the main character, you could skip that entire book because that entire book was just where was everyone else when that happened. Oh. That's kind of unique, actually. Okay. Yeah, 700 pages to catch up everybody up to the same. Wow. Okay. All right. Right? The other okay. thing is that he takes, he explains things in extensive detail, and that's disliked more than it's liked. Yeah, for me, it's the and that's why people a woman's have a hard time. dress. Yeah. Uh, you know, people have a hard time with that because he yeah. goes into it. So. From what I understand, his vision was starting to fade. And there are two things. One, being a veteran or just dealing with things, writing was his therapy. Okay. And his need to explain it was the need to, if you closed your eyes, it filled every detail. Fair enough. So okay. looking, I can it through the, looking it through that lens and from someone who's visually impaired. Yeah. If I take off my glasses, I can't tell my wife from my sisters or my mother at 15 feet. Okay. All right. Um, so having someone explain something that I could close my eyes and I could see the detail without my glasses meant more to me than it did to other people. That makes complete sense. Other people struggle with it. I understand why they struggle with it. Sure. Yeah. But for me, it's, it, cr it creates that ability to see and really see it. So there are lots of people... I have a buddy who read the series, and when he was just going into a long, when Robert Jordan was going into a long description, he would just skip the paragraph, go to the next one. And then if he felt out of place, he'd go back. But other than that, he'd just skip it. Well, I have a question about that. When, when he does descriptions, I mean, I guess I could try to answer it myself, but I'm curious about over the span of all the books. Um, how, how many? Does, does, no, 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 not how many. It's when he describes things, does it leave enough for your own imagination to imagine things a certain way or does he explain it in such detail that it is it is a fixed experience i think most of it's fixed huh i think most of i haven't it is. read too many books like that and i've never been a huge fan of that yeah most people aren't and okay. i understand why they're not yeah and it takes it so if he took that out his all his books might be like 200 or 300 pages shorter for real, each book? Yeah, so about a third of his books are descriptions. Wow, that preps me for what's coming. So so people just, they hit fast forward in audiobooks or they skip past it in the books. I get it, that's his own style. He still reached the level of acclaim that he did because- Of the descriptions? Of everything else was still that good. Now what wow. Brandon Sanderson, okay. when he wrote it, he just took out a lot of the descriptions and that's why people's favorite books are the ones that Brandon Sanderson wrote. Okay. Using his world. Because like Brandon Sanderson was a better author, but the story was better than Brandon Sanderson's. Wow, that's a heck of a mix. So that's, all, that's so almost if he like... had written it, if he took it as it is and wrote the story the way the story is, but wrote it in his own style, most people feel like it'd be a better series. I'm looking forward to reading that then. And so you see but, I mean, did it still scene. have the but did it still have the same feel? Did it feel like the same book, the same world, the same characters? It did. And he, That's labored, he labored really hard to do it. Um, and on all 
all credit to him. He worked hard I, to, I, to do that. I heard a, a, this isn't quite a tangent, more of a... Um, well, I, I guess to explain, Jordan, Robert Jordanson wanted, or Robert Jordan wanted the last book to be written. And Brandon Sanderson felt like, even though he couldn't do the detail the way that Robert Jordan did, he felt the need to expound on things that were important. Okay. Which is why it got turned into all the books that it did versus just the And one. they were still as lengthy as... And they were still as lengthy. But he was able to pack more information into those. I've read the 14th book seven or eight times. I'll just go back and I'll just reread wow. that one book. Because I love it. And uh -huh. I love the ending. And I love... I just I love the sacrifice because it reminds me, uh, uh, sacrifice is good. Yeah, it's good to sacrifice it, right? Okay. Um, so with the world building, um, it makes it hard to convince people to participate in the series because of that, especially with people that don't have a, l a large attention span. That, but I can't imagine that anyone as a reader would become a reader if they have a short attention span. Sure, sure they would. There are and lots of books. I would probably really? say quite a, quite a spectacular amount of books that they're fast-paced. Okay, I mean, we, we did everything the, the, last, the last po podcast that we did and I did in the park. Did with uh, we were bringing up uh, the Disney books and it was totally different and I'm not going to get into that side. Um, but um, Asia brought up, or I brought up actually to Asia and to your mom, we brought up the Dragonlance because, you know, and, the, and, and all of your siblings know that they bring your name up as soon as I bring that up because, you know, you and I have talked at length for a decade of, that's kind of like the entry level to introduce someone and get them. And your mom admitted herself, she goes, that's what Best got me entry hooked fantasy. on fantasy. And I was like, but you, you were like that with other books. And she says, but not fantasy. And she says, and, and it's funny because your mom says, you know, I went back when your younger siblings, you know, on whether or not she wanted to recommend that for uh, reading for homeschool as a, as a treat. And she says, and I realized I don't like them like I did originally when we were in our 20s. And I said, for real? And she goes, no, it's, it's just I looked at it differently. I have different views. I have different, you know. And the funny thing was, for me, it was the time of the twins. It was the second, you know, the, the second set. Um, I think it's Dragonlance, what is it, Legends? And the third set. It's what? It's the third set. The third set? War of Souls is the second set. Wow, time it's of the been twins a while. Came later. I know, because I haven't read Time of the Twins. I have them all. I'm working through you them. You haven't read the story just, with, with Raceland and Caraman? Oh, my gosh. That is by far my favorite. Because it was written as the third series. Wow. So just just so all my listeners know, I'm just mortal. I read so much, and now that I'm in my mid fifties, I don't give a crap. I just I want to just enjoy and keep telling stories and experiencing the stories. But your mom, you know, I remember your mom. I teased her. I said, you know, you couldn't. You know, we're working as young, you know, parents, and you know, we just couldn't even do the house chores because she was so engrossed in the Dragonlance series until she was done because she just couldn't, her mind couldn't stay, you know, couldn't leave what was happening. So I get the fast yeah, pace. And yeah, Dragonlance definitely was the, it's the best introduction of fantasy that exists, I think. Um, the thing with, you know, and, and in answering this question and the next question, the epic narrative kind of goes in the same thing. Most people stop reading the series. Most people don't make it through because of the pacing. Huh. Um, 
and because of the time he takes with stuff, they lose interest. That's why I got the audiobooks. Um, there is a substantial amount of people, right around the sixth or seventh book, that they 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 can't take it anymore. Um, a lot of people that? that I know that read the books, they skip two books in the middle. Huh. That's pretty common, actually, from the people that I've talked with. I don't know about overall, but the people I've talked with. Okay. When I reread the series, I skip a couple. But you've gone through it at but least I've gone once through. all the way through. Right. Okay. So I know what's there. Um, one of the books is focused on Perrin okay. and him leading up to it. What, par- what ends up happening to Perrin is he ends up, they're not werewolves, but they're men with wolf-like abilities. Okay. His eyes turn yellow. He can smell, he can hear, he can, you know, things okay. like that. Um, and his story arc, while it's important and while I love it, um, I didn't relate to him as much as I did some of the other guys. So these are the ones that you skip? Uh-huh. Okay. This series would have done a lot better if the pacing was different. Okay. It's long, it's drawn out. Did the pacing change with Sanderson? Yes. Yes, it picked up substantially. Okay. So the books, while he maintains the characters, maintains the stuff, you just go through those books. They just, they just, they just flow. Brandon Sanderson was a better author. Okay. But like I said, but he's he's never written a story on the scale of Wheel of Time. I My heard, opinion. I heard a story from someone, and I don't know. His if Wave Kings is fantastic. I, but it just I well, doesn't that, touch. that I'm enjoying. I'm starting that. The the uh, the what was the story uh, that something about he received something like what three million words and notes something like that to do that so i mean that that had to be an epic thing just to go I, through if i remember correctly it took him two years to immerse himself in the notes wow. as a full-time job 40 hours a week you know eight hours five days a week it took him two years to go through i wonder the notes. if he's a fast reader well I, I i suppose it's not just reading them as much as yeah learning you're mapping and, and going right. through and stuff like that right and he put it he put it out there Oh, I'm gonna misquote him. Yeah, do your best. Something like something like, this could have easily been another ten books. Wow. But people were kind of drawing to an end. They're like yeah. because they were tired of some of the stuff. When did and the book start? To go. Do you know? Ninety-two, maybe. So the first book came out after your mom and I had been married for a few years. I believe so. Okay. I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'm okay. Um, but I believe it was the nineties. Might have been late 80s. Okay. Anyway, um, but it was, uh, the, the, the pacing and the world building, very in-depth, not a lot left to the imagination. And because of that, you know, if, if you, basically, if you pulled out your notes for the stories you're writing, yeah. and you tried to walk someone through your notes, they would get overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, they would. <laughs> it seems like there were parts of a series where he just did that oh. <laughs> versus condensing it. You know, kind of like you might go, okay, I'm going to write the background for this character, but I'm not going to go into the background. Right. I just need to know the background so I know what motivates the character, right? Right. He would just put the background in. Huh. So enjoyable if you want to immerse yourself, but tiring if you're trying to get to the point. 
All right, that makes sense. Uh, the best way, uh, or I guess maybe not the best way, but a way to explain it for anyone that's familiar with video games, it's like you're trying to follow the main quest, but there are all these side quests, and you get overwhelmed with side quests, and you don't get back to the main story for a while because you're like, oh, this side thing and this side thing and this. You know what? I just want to play the game, so I'm going to stop these and go back to the main story. Right. It's similar to that, but writing. Okay. Right? So I think that that didn't do him any favors. And he okay. would have been, the series would have had much more success if he had gone a different route with that. But still, wasn't this a world phenomenon? I mean, aren't isn't the Wheel of Time an exceptionally popular... No, not exceptionally popular. Really? I guess it, the circles that I... There, there was a degree of... There are the diehard die fans, like myself. Okay. Um, there are casual people that just enjoyed it. They, you know, they read it and they skipped a couple. Okay. But it's not like Harry Potter, Lord of the Rings, or... Uh, um, Twilight. Uh, it's not like Brandon Sanderson's books now, and most, at least millennials, you know my generation, and younger, it's too much. They won't read it. Wow. Even people who have an appreciation, Asia's picked up and started the series more times yep, than you have. We've we've talked about right? that because of the pacing, because of the, okay. the detail and stuff. Well, I like so, I said, so I've too, tried four too times. Much, it's too much for most people. Right. Okay. So so the, so the thing is is. The question, I, I guess, maybe comes down to what was his intent. If his intent was to create a flushed-out, complete world, well, he did a damn good job. Yeah. He would have reached more readers if he didn't. Wow. That's I, something to consider because I... I I have mixed feelings on the matter because there's so much there that I appreciate, but there's so much there that even I know, as much as I enjoy it, it just doesn't matter. It's not relevant to the story. It doesn't... You know, huh. what, what do I care this castle that they're walking up to? that they're going to walk up to once, they're going to flee eight pages later, but you're out of eight, out of those eight pages, you're going to spend six describing the castle that they're about to leave and never see again. Uh-huh. You probably could have done that in less. Oh, wow. Okay. Right? Yep. So, so I have mixed feelings on it because I don't want to say that the series needs to change the sentence. You're helping me but, right now with some things that I'm going to go home now and go through my checklist with Chronicles of a Hero and make sure that I... So, um, right here, influential themes being the last question, question four. So... I thought we covered that quite a bit in the so, beginning. So, the idea is there's a wheel that weaves all the strands of time together. Okay. That the creator put in place. And this leads to why the, this series has the best ending and beginning to all the books that I think has ever been written. And the last sentence of, of the series, I, I sob when I read it because it, it hits differently. And the last sentence says, you know, the wheel of time turns and ages, you know, ages fade to legend and the winds of time blow, and this was not the end, but it was an end. Wow. So the idea being is the wheel of time goes on and on. There are no beginnings or endings. Or there is no beginning and ending, but there are beginnings and endings. Gotcha. To the lives within the wheel. So given that, characters are, a lot of characters are preordained to certain positions. Okay. The, the thing about that, though, is that most of them, they're, quote, preordained. They're preordained not because they have no choice, it's destiny that they do this, but simply their character is that they will always choose that. 
That's important. And, and the characters fight that really hard. They go, well, I don't want to do this, and why am I always the one born to do this? And then when faced with the decision... They have the experiences they, they that choose, hone that and realize... They still yeah. choose it. Mm. They still choose the right. They choose to take up the mantle every single time. So they say, well, is it destiny? Well, yes and no. You are going to do it, but not because <laughs> you're forced to, because destiny has made the decision for you, but because deep down inside... They know what your choice... You know, the they wheel know of you time, enough. The wheel of... Basically, it said the wheel of time builds the strands around you because that's what you were made for. Mm. You have it within yourself to pick up that mantle and hold it, and you always will because that's who you are. So when we're done, I'll have to share something with you about the first book So it's not going to be called so Prelude it, anymore. So the, the lovely thing about that is that he is trying to ditch the mantle the entire oh, series. The entire <laughs> series. And then when it comes down to it, he's like, you know, why do you do it? Because I can. That's a great line. Because though. I can. Because, you know, why are you the Dragon Reborn? I don't know, but I'm going to do it. Because I can. Yeah. You know, and, and you have so much of that that goes on. Um, then throughout part of the series, you have, uh, you know, the, the, the trumpet of heroes. So the idea behind it is that when it's sounded, those that have died that haven't been reborn yet, the spirits of those manifest into a mortal form temporarily and they're immortal invincibles but they are the heroes of the ages really and this trumpet is imbued with the magic to call the heroes all the heroes oh, that are not currently now. reborn to come engage to come engage in, 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 in combat but only a certain few people can blow the horn oh and once you've blown the horn you're the only one that can until you die so horn, the horn blower is consistently hunted. Wow. Wait, I have a question. I know, <laughs> spoilers, but don't care. Um, so the person that blows the horn, these people that manifest, do they only get to stay in their manifestation as long as that person stays alive? Not Actually, it's only for like a period of a So there's a, a set day, period a of time? Or so or okay. Like so okay. they blow the horn, they appear, but then they can blow the horn multiple times. Oh, Okay. So one example is they kind of blow the horn, they get a character back, but through a twist of it got interrupted, stuff like that, the character has to be there okay. alone. The problem is, is that she's a duo. She's a duo hero with her husband, but her husband didn't come with her. So he maintained oh. waiting, and she's alive and has to fight the last battle. And he's oh. only there when the horn is blown. Oh, and dude. Then, and then what happens at one point I remember she's smiling as she's about to go to her death. And they're like, why are you going to go die? Why are you going to? We need you. And she goes, because my husband was just born somewhere in this world. I can feel him. And if I don't die now, I won't get born close to where he's at. And I'll miss him again. Oh, oh my goodness. And they're like, so you're going to go die. And she's like, I am. I need to. Because I'm going to be born again soon. And I need to find him. I love that. I need to find... That's I, my I, kind I, of story. I think the name was Gaiden. And they're like, oh. why, they're like, it's this big, burly, ugly beast of a fighter. And she's an archer. And she's like, I cover his back while he wades through the foes. Like, just like a giant, you know? And, wow. uh, and at one point, you know, she, they call the horn and he's not one of the heroes that shows up. And she goes, he's been born. I can feel it. But if I don't die, I'm going to miss it. And I will have to go through a cycle of life without him. And I'm not willing to do it. We are heroes. 
We, were, we, we do this together every time. I need to go die, you know? And, and it's, it's beautiful how they do some of that. And so the first person to blow the horn is Matt. Matt Coffin. Okay. He's one of the original three, and he's the troublemaker of the lot. Ah. Uh. But he blows the horn. They show up. They save everybody. He's got the horn. Then throughout the series, he gets, they hang him. He gets hung. Boy. Now they bring him back to life, but technically he died. Okay. So he's the horn blower, but he doesn't blow it again. And technically he's died. So there is no horn blower currently because they need someone to blow the horn so it can bond to him. Oh. And he doesn't want to blow it again because he doesn't like the responsibility. So he goes through the rest of the series being hunted and trying to protect this horn. And in the end, there's a 10-year-old little boy who's hiding under a wagon when uh, he followed people in the battle that he shouldn't have. And he's getting surrounded. They're killing the people around him. And he crawls under the cart and he's got the horn. And he's like, well, maybe if I blow it, I'll get help to us. Oh, no. And so he blows the horn and the heroes show up to surround this child like, we got you. And just take care of him and all the people around him. And they're like, how could you? He's like, I don't know. And then, and then they're like, Matt died when he was hung, didn't he? He died. Oh, no. He technically died. Oh. And so Matt comes back and he goes, wait, I'm not the horn blower? Yes! <laughs> you know, instead it's the kid that I've been watching over for four years. Oh my god. He goes, great, now I'm going to have to protect him and now I'm going to... Now know, I still have to yeah, do the exactly, job. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> you know, um, and so there are all sorts of things like that. And so the thing with Destiny, the thing with that is, is it's not that people were, you know, this is Compelled your to, destiny, it's, it's you fill this role. automatically. It's that everybody has a choice. But the opportunities are going to present themselves to you exactly, and you will always have these choices. So choose it or not. And the thing is, is that the people choose this because that's they who can. they are. They, they can. can that that line and, is and so, so good. And so when when he finds out, oh, I'm the Dragon Reborn, and I wear this mantle because because, because I, I can. can. Okay. At every time, every time he's reborn, he goes through the same struggle. I'm going to kill myself. I hate this. I'm going to, you know, but he's the only one that can carry that mantle. And at one point, he halfway bonds with himself from a previous life, but the insane version of himself, the one that broke the world. So he's got an insane guy speaking, which drives him to insanity that he has to fight his way back. Wow. Okay. Um, And and I love that whole thing, too. Um, The series, you know... One of the things about the strong women and the feminine, the feminine side is that the feminine side of the magic in that, the one power, yeah. is clean. So all women that can practice it can practice it at will. They can grow. They can get stronger. They're powerful. The men's side, because the dark one was a man, they say, they say if, if, if imagine the one power as a bucket of water and you take the ladle and you scoop it up and you drink it, partake of the power and then activate they said if, if the women's is a cool, clean water, the men have a layer of oil on top of theirs. Ugh. Because the dark one tainted the male side. And you can only sip the water so, so long tainted. before you get the oil. Oh. And then you go crazy. So men that can and practice... And this is all men. They all, all, men all men that can crazy. practice power okay. end up going insane. And because when they go insane, they're far stronger than women, they cause mass worldwide destruction. Creating mountains, craters, re- wow. just destroying the world. So, at the start of the book, there's a whole 
classification, the Aja, the red Aja of women, their job is to hunt down men who can use magic and kill them. Okay. That's, I was, it's just, the whole I was just starting thing. to see that in the, whole in the TV series, it. which we will now dismiss. Now, throughout, or at one point during the series, he's gathering all this magic together, all this stuff together, and he goes, I need these women to bond with me so that, so that I can use their power. They're like, what are you going to do? He goes, I'm going to cleanse, cleanse the male side. They're like, you can't. He goes, oh, but I can. It was clean once. I'll make it clean again. Wow. And he does, but not before he went partially insane so, from using it. Okay. So he's partially mad, and he has, to, oh. he has to combat that. Okay, so last question, and that is, would you, and this is just a question for you, would you recommend this series to everybody, some people? How would you recommend this series? Mm. So I, I do recommend it to everybody. But I recommend it with a, a preface of this takes effort to get through uh -huh. and you need to look for the good. Not because you will enjoy it or you won't enjoy it unless you do, but if you look for the good, it will be more than just a series. It will be, there's a blueprint to behavior and character. And I think that the lessons that it gives in a fantasy setting are so applicable to real life that you are you will have the opportunity and the resource to be a better person at the end of it. That's awesome. That's a that's a heck um, of a recommendation. And and that's what makes it what it is to me. Well, I appreciate you know, there's, it. There's a good there, I, I was gonna say there's a good friend of mine who loved the series. Uh huh. And when I, I can't talk with him about the series because he talks about it being this epic fantasy and the fights and this and he talked about, like I said, when, when Lan went to fight the Chosen and he dies, uh -huh. uh, or, or gets stabbed, rather, um, and they cuts off the head of the, the Forsaken, the Chosen. And, and he talks about that whole thing about, like, oh, that was such an awesome fight and all the things I did. The fight was so well written. And, and yeah. he goes over all that. And I, for the life of me, could not remember the choreography of the fight. All I could remember was the sacrifice. The, the point of it. And the, the reason he was fighting. Yeah. Isn't it funny how people will lock and, on to right. and retain and so, certain so things? So he's like, yeah, there was nothing of value in the series besides like a good series. And he maintains that. It hurts me to hear him say that because I, I think there's more to it than that. For those well, you've that, shown that. You've and, expressed that. And I appreciate and, that. And even that moment I love because Lan has a phrase that he uses often. Um, he goes, death is easy. Um, responsibility is the weight of a mountain. Yeah. And Boy, that's true. And he maintains that. So every time, every, you know, every time Lan or every time Rand feels like he's going to fall, you know, Lan will grab him, pick him up and be like, remember, responsibility is the weight. You don't get to put it down. And it's heavy. It crushes you. It hurts your back, your shoulders, your head. Oh. Everything you do is under the weight of a mountain. But you still have to do it. Hence the position of a man who will take responsibility and accountability. I should say everyone. Right, but I, everyone should. Everyone should. But I want to make that statement with the men, especially in the world today. Start taking responsibility. Start carrying the weight and make this world a better place again. Not to be, not to be, this is not a call to be unkind or reject the women either but I, I, I want to express that and say 
the men need to start doing their duty and carrying their weight for things to rectify themselves. So I think for me, where I feel comfortable calling out for accountability is I feel comfortable calling out accountability to those that share similar burdens to me. Because I'm comfortable in my in my position and my um, my own experiences yes. to call out other people that have similar responses responsibilities to me. I agree. Which is which is which is why it's easier for me to say call out and say, man, I want you know, I I, I would love to see more responsibility taken. Yes. And it's not that I don't think that there's responsibility for women or that women should be held accountable or no, that I there's a that. whole plot of things. I obviously that's all there. But where I can speak truly from a place of where I where I Conviction. understand it very well yes. is the responsibility of, of a of a of a father, of a husband, and of a man trying to make his way in this world. Um, you do pretty good as a son too. I appreciate that. <laughs> I think um, that those those are the responsibilities because I'm familiar with them and I understand the struggles. Sure. So They're real. I, so I'm so I'm very very quick to call out those that are struggling with similar things to say, look, I understand your struggle. Get up. Yeah. Get up. You know, and there's a whole bunch of resources, you know, what makes those good stories that call to something greater. You know, even even in the the last Rocky movie, uh, the sixth one where he's trying to um, where he, he You mean he, Balboa? Yeah. So um, the, the one the, where he just wants to go the round, he wants to show that he's not that he's, like when he stands in front of the stands in front of the uh, the not the court the the board and saying says, what gives you the right? I've done everything that you said. Why don't you give me the decision right. for myself? Right. So so he has one where he's talking with this kid, a scene where he's talking with this kid, yeah. right? And he goes over that, and it was beautifully written, beautifully acted. Um, and, you know, at some point you got to stop pointing fingers. And saying you're not where you want to be because of you or them or anybody. Right. Right. You have to. Yeah, it's you. And I was talking with with um, my cousin Bentley about that today, about some members of our family that we where we love. Um, you know, they're they're looking around at can't hold down a job, can't you know, can't keep relationships alive, can't you know all these things. They're going well. The world's out to get me. Uh, and you know, and the, the the thing that I've been really hitting on, and man, it is just coming in full force, was the story of Cain and Abel, right? When your sacrifice is rejected, do you get mad and kill your brother? Hell no. But the thing is, what do we do when our sacrifices are rejected? We don't look and go, "Why was my sacrifice rejected?" In the scriptures, Cain and Abel, right? He turns around God, and blames God, somebody God, else. God tells him, right? It's because your heart wasn't there. Right. He says, "If you do better, you'll be accepted." But, but instead he gets angry. And how often do we give an offering of ourselves to someone? How often do we ask somebody out? How often do we do those things? And when it doesn't go our way, we go, oh, we go, well, screw you, screw your father, screw your friends, screw this. Exactly. Right. And, and it's so easy to get angry instead of going, why wasn't it? Why wasn't accepted? Why wasn't accepted? You think that might be where the, you know, I am enough phrase that seems to be used everywhere. And I, so uh, I'm is, enough as I am. Uh, the thing well, is, like, what do you mean? The, it, um, it, 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 and that, that really is what do you mean? Well, what do you mean by enough? Yeah. And what do you, you know, mean for everything? Uh, no. no. You know, because because if you're saying I'm good as I am, and so you've reached perfection, yeah. you're you're you don't have any skills <laughs> that you're lacking. You don't have any. Um, 
then the one you're lacking right now is humility. Because if you're looking <laughs> in the mirror and going, I'm good. Now, I understand where that comes from. It comes from a, 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 a generation of people who are very insecure. And perhaps they have not had experiences or been told the things that they're good at. Um, that they don't know what they're good at. They don't know their value. Yeah. And, and, and unfortunately, that comes down to where do you place your value? You know, we've had this conversation, you know, even on this podcast before where we've talked about value. And, and I think if, if what gives you value could be killed or taken away by other people, you should put your value in something greater. Yeah. Right? My value, I find, um, in my Savior, Jesus Christ. Because what happens is it doesn't matter what I do, you can't touch my value. It doesn't matter what you think of me, you can't touch my value. Yeah. My value stems from the sacrifice provided for me from my Savior. So even when I mess up, and, and boy do I mess up, um, I'm not less valuable in the eyes of my Savior. I am in need of correction. I am yes. in need of repentance. I'm in need of, of, of something to do better, to reach. I, I need to look at the mistake that I made, the problem that I made, and I need to correct it, and I need to do better. I need to take care of those that were harmed in, in whatever mistake that was. I need to make reparations. I need to go that route. But my value still exists because my Savior values me regardless. And it's, it's amazing that it's at that, uh, that pattern of thinking, that train of thought is... I believe far easier to understand, comprehend, and to incorporate when you are a father yourself. Because that seems to be a natural process for me um, because I look at my children, you know, you growing up and your siblings growing up and wanting, like we've already discussed, of wanting the best for my children, wanting them to be happy and productive and to be strong and to develop certain skill sets, but at the same time, um, something I, I brought up not long ago is the one thing that I remember that I always strive to do is I didn't always do everything right as dad but the one thing that I was never afraid of and at times it bothered your mom where she said well what are you doing? I says I'm going to go apologize to my child because I came in I walked into a room and I saw a problem that did need to be corrected but then I passed a judgment or um, corrected the situation without all the information and all the facts. Now, once I got that after the fact, usually from your mom or from someone else in the room, then I would go back and change that because that was not written in stone. That was you know, the thing that Nan always said. My mom always told me, and I thought it was the weirdest thing. As a teenager, I thought, that's dumb, until I became a father. And then she says, I, res I, I reserve the right to, to change my answer according to the new information I receive. And, and that's just something that we, I mean, look at society now. It's like you're, you're branded no matter what you do now because someone finds a tweet from eight years ago. Screw you. Really? That's no, that's no way to live. And so I don't know many of us that would like, and, and I'm sure there are, there are some, but I don't know that there are many human beings that yeah. would feel comfortable being judged on who they were eight years ago. I, I totally agree. You know, eight years ago, I was unhappy with who I was eight years earlier than that. <laughs> yeah. And I look back at myself eight years ago now, and I think... I'm doing pretty good. <laughs> let's I, pretend that guy didn't exist I for a I know people that know you that would say, he's doing pretty good. Right. So. so that's where having that value and 
and you know the the thing again I and I know because everything I have comes from a religious point that's one of the things that made Jesus Christ so spectacular and the idea of Jesus the idea of a savior the idea of redemption is that forgiveness yeah is that okay I'm not I'm not I'm not over and this isn't the final I I have I have room to learn and as long as I have room to learn I also have room to love other people while they learn totally agree and and you know, again, going just the series of the Wheel of Time, you have all these people that are following him, and some of them, he goes, why do you follow me? He goes, because I believe in you. But I've made all these mistakes. I know, but someday, someday you'll get there. Yeah. And if I have to die today for you to get there eventually, it's worth it. And, 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 that's, and, and again, it's that sacrifice. It's that something, something greater. And, and that is the end of our conversation. I hope you enjoyed yourself and enjoyed this episode. There's a lot that can be learned from a good fantasy series. For some, we discover who we really are. For others, we might find out what we think of a thing or an issue that we face in real life. Many readers are able to make better sense of the world around them by living through the lives of others. That's why I always encourage my children and everyone that I know to read more. Fantasy books are amazing things. I'd like to encourage you to come over to lifeoffiction.com and sign up for our weekly newsletter. This podcast and the articles will be delivered right to your inbox. Remember, you are more than you think you are. We'll see you next time.